Hi, uh, welcome to Aristotle Asparagus. I'm Aristotle Asparagus, and this is Aristotle Asparagus. And we have a great uh, episode today because we have our special guest here. You might know him from cameos and various shows like Parks and Rec and Brooklyn Nine-Nine and The Good Place. And for his roles on Comedy Bang Bang and Big Mouth, please welcome Seth Morris. How's it going, Seth? Good. How are you guys doing? Um, we're doing good. Uh, so, uh, so, so I want to know, uh, Seth, where, where did you get your start exactly? Um, I got my, my start at UCB in New York, probably like 90, I moved to New York in 97 and that's right around when UCB was getting going. So I started taking classes as soon as they kind of started open, just got open. Um, okay. Uh, so wait, wait, I, I kind of forgot that there were UCBs in other places. Uh, what do you mean? As opposed to just in LA? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they started in New York, the, the, the UCB four, they call them. So Amy Poehler, Matt Walsh, Matt Besser, and Ian Roberts, they were in a group in Chicago that, that, that was called the Upright Citizens Brigade. And then they moved, they all moved to New York and, um, kind of to get a name for themselves. They just started performing for free doing this show called ASCAT which has become their signature show. And uh, and they had a bunch of their friends that were already kind of in the business, like SNL writers and Conan writers and stuff like that, that would join them. And then they'd have uh, people do monologues and they do improvised shows from there. And they kind of got a name for themselves because they were so great. And it was a different thing. There wasn't really any long form in New York at that time. And, uh, and then they just decided, well, maybe we should start teaching classes. And from there, it's like, well, maybe we should get our own theater and kind of kept growing from there. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and I know you, you play the character of Bob Duke on Comedy Bang Bang, both the TV series and the podcast. How long have you known Scott Ackerman? I've known him since, uh, 2005. Hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, um, I know. How do you have any inspirations for the Bob Duke character? Uh, well, sort of. I used to work at I used to work at a lot of cafe jobs yeah. when I was younger, and there was always like these middle aged divorce guys that would hang out, and you know, sort of uh, they they could help hold you hostage because you had to interact with them because they were a customer, and they would just sort of hang out all day and talk and you know shoot the breeze and stuff and it just seemed like they were super lonely and, and had nowhere else to go. So that, that was kind of one. I've always kind of been obsessed with divorced dads. And wow. then, um, and then I heard a voice, uh, I heard, or I was listening to the radio in, in Detroit one time or in Michigan and heard the name Bob Duca. And for some reason I thought it was so funny and that it, it kind of went from there. So has the person who said Bob Duca on the radio ever figured out about the character? No, I don't think so. Not that I know of. Okay, uh, and you said you say you've had you have like some sort of like this thing with divorced dads. Is that where the inspiration for Greg on Big Mouth came, or was that a co coincidence? Uh, that's just a coincidence. That's just uh, they, they they had that part written already, but then I think they also, I think maybe Nick knew that I like you know had that thing with divorced dads, and also that guy's kind of a. <clears throat> Greg is a stoner and I'm like a Northern California guy. I sound like a stoner. So I think it was a good fit there. Yeah. Uh, do you have any information on what's going to happen in Big Mouth season five or is that like confidential? You don't know. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know, and I, I wouldn't be able to say anyway, but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I know. Uh, I, I know there's, like, another coincidence involving Brooklyn, or not Brooklyn Nine-Nine, what? No, Big Mouth that was mentioned on uh, Comedy Bang Bang, like, and how apparently, like, the those detectives were inspired by, uh, they were inspired by, like, some, like, I think, I think the the short one was inspired by Dennis Farina, and the other guy was inspired by someone who worked with him. But they commented on the fact that they actually looked like Scott Ackerman and Paul Tompkins. Oh, I never thought of that, that they looked like them? Uh, no, I, I think when they mentioned that, it was... I remember you you were actually on an episode I listened to where Nick Kroll and Jason Manzoukas were talking about Big Mouth, and I think they mentioned it. Oh, that's funny. No, I don't, I don't remember that. I wonder if that was a joke. I, I doubt... I doubt if that was, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know if they, if the, I, I'm, I'm sure that that Dennis Franz and Dennis Farina were, were the inspiration for the voices. And I think Mulaney also has a kind of cop character that he, Chicago cop character that he did anyway, in some of his standup. Um, and as far as the looks, I don't know, from what I know, they, they kind of try to make the, um, the animation look a little bit like the voice that's doing it. Cause it just, it just works better in your mind. You know, like the, um, the other cop is uh, Neil Casey, who's a writer on Big Mouth and an amazing improviser, performer guy. And he, he looked that his character looks like him. Okay, but the other thing is, is Lars supposed to look like him? He voices Lars as well. Ah, uh, a little bit. I mean, you know, to me, maybe it's because I know Neil like in in the eyes and some things like that just like little teeny tiny things it's not it's not you know a, an exact uh exact replication yeah i, I, I did uh, accidentally mention brooklyn 99 when i was trying to say big mouth but that does bring to a point that you actually were on brooklyn 99 one episode yeah i just did a small little part but it's a great show yeah uh yeah, um, I know you, you did in the episode with Nick Kroll, and I know like, you guys are kind of part of like, the same posse, like you worked on the show, Kroll Show. Um, mm-hmm. And I was yeah. asked about the Comedy Bamming TV show. Uh, I, I, I think I read on Reddit something about how this episode you were in with Ed Helms, and like it was supposed to be you as a character and Ed Helms as himself, but they kind of got mixed up. And, oh, what do you mean? Well, well, well I mean, I, there was like, I know there's an episode of Comedy Bang, you like you usually play characters, but that one you played yourself. And Ed Helms, who's the kind of guy who, if he was on Comedy Bang, he would play a character who'd play himself and end up playing a new character. Oh, on the TV no on the TV show I was Bob Duke. No, 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 no. Ed, I'm talking about Ed, the podcast. I'm wondering, is the TV episode where it was the reverse where Ed Helms played himself and you played Bob Duke, or is that like supposed to like make up for that comedy bang bang? Oh podcast? no, I don't think so. I don't mm-hmm. think so. I Ackerman has always really liked Bob Duke, and in fact he's the one that kind of said, oh, you should do that as a, he invited me to do it at, at Comedy Bang Bang, actually. I'd done it, I'd done it, um, a version of it at, at, at UCB, and, um, and he invited me to come on Comedy Bang Bang, and, uh, and it did well there, and then he actually essentially gave me a, a Bob Duca podcast that I did for a while there, uh, but that, no, I don't, I don't, I think that's totally, totally separate issues as far as, like, the, the podcast and the show. Yeah, what I appreciate about Bob Duca is how like a lot of the character, a lot of in, in the very early comedy death ray days, it was mostly people playing themselves or people doing impressions of real people. Bob Duca was one of the only really pure characters from that time. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, it helps that I don't do impressions. So, you know, that yeah. wasn't an option. Yeah. Uh, I know you did appear on one Comedy Bang Bang episode a little recently with David Spade and Lauren Lapkus. Do you know yeah. Do you know if you're going to be making any appearances on the podcast soon? No, I, I don't know. Uh, it's it's really kind of like if if I have something that I want to try out, I could reach out to Scott, or if he, you know, is short a guest and thinks that that I'd be a good fit, he usually reaches out to me. But no, I I, I don't know when I'm going to be on again. Hmm. Well, I, I could definitely see why you're in that that episode since you have a, your character the hypochondriac, and it was during it was like at the start of the pandemic, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh, well, what can you tell me? What it's like to do the episodes virtually? Uh, you know, it's. I, I guess I would say at that point in the in the pandemic, I, I was a little used to doing <clears throat> things virtually, but it's it's never as good. It's not it's not as it's not quite as fun. Um, you know, you, you definitely um, feed off each other's energy when you're in the same room and. Uh, so, so that in that in that regard, I guess your timing's a little bit off. It's a little bit different than it would be, um, and you know, especially when you're playing a character, those those people are supposed to. The, everybody else is playing themselves. Well, Lauren was playing something different there, but um, you know, you you could kind of get a sense of like if it's if your joke's hitting or not. More, you get get that sense better if you're in the room with them, but. It wasn't too terribly different because all of us had been performing on Zoom a bunch at that point, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's always better when you're when you're in the same room. Yeah, it, it, it was kind of confusing why they had Lauren Lapkus do a character in that episode. You know, like almost all the time she does characters, but I mean, she was in the movie that David Spade was promoting, and she was on the episode, but she wasn't there to promote the movie. Um. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, she just, that's, characters are her thing. She, that's what she likes to do, so. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I know there have been several times Paul of Tompkins has played himself, but I guess it's yeah. not what one Lapis would usually do. Uh, and I haven't, I haven't gotten to your other episode of Comedy Bang Bang, the TV series. Uh, mm. I, I've read, um, I've read that it had uh, Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Can you give me a rundown of what the character was like? That character was... Uh, basically an impression of this guy that gave a TED talk who he had, um, he did, you know what a body hack is? No, uh, I've not. So it's like people that put technology into their bodies. Like for instance, they might put a, um, a magnet under their skin and they can lift up metal. And then some people put like a, um, uh, a scanner under their skin so they can get in, you know, unlock a lock to their building. And this guy was colorblind and he had put, he's an artist, but he was colorblind. So he had put in a um, device into his head, <laughs> like into his skull. And it would, it had, the thing had a camera on it and it would read the colors and send a sound to his ear. So he, you know, like, like, let's say was, would represent orange and bong would represent green. So when he'd be walking around in his head, he'd hear like, like walking down the grocery aisle or something. And he was just one of these, like, I can't remember his voice, but it was like these vaguely European kind of guy who talked like these, that you, you, you know, he could, you know, he could have been from South America or Europe, 
she couldn't tell. And, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I <laughs> like a lot of the bits that I do on there, it's like it, that, that, that hadn't gone around very much yet. So nobody really knew what I was referring to, but, um, but it was still fun. So wait, but what you described is real. That sounds like a Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah, I know. No, it's totally real. It's a Ted talk. If, if you, if you Google like Ted talk, colorblind something, you'd see this weirdo that looks like, uh, he has like a bowl hair. He kind of looks like emo Phillips. Who's, who's an old stand up alternative stand up comic. Uh, yeah, totally insane. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, wh when was this that happened? The real guy was probably, oh man, uh, I bet that was like seven years ago or something, seven or eight years ago. Yeah, that, that kind of take, that kind of stuff sounds like it might be able to happen now, but not seven years ago. Yeah. And it's kind of creepy thinking that we're already kind of in the, we're getting into the age of more advanced technology. I mean, now they're, you can literally just go to websites and type stuff in and have it sound like Ben Shapiro is saying them. Right, oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. And before we know it, they're, it's going to sound like, it, it, it's going to sound like Ben Shapiro is saying in them and not a robot program called like Ben Shapiro is saying that. Oh, yeah. We're, we're screwed. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm actually, uh, to, to add to the comedy bang-bang inspiration part of this, uh, I'm currently trapped in this in an Adcorp building owned by the Adcorp company. Uh, mm -hmm. I've been podcasting from here. Don't worry. You're, you're considered a guest. You can leave. As you can leave if you want later, but uh, oh, that's cool. They were weird to me as I was coming in. But, but yeah, it, it's just it's all filled with like they they do this thing where they create these robots that go around and advertise shady products to steal people's data. And by data, I don't mean on technology. I mean the data from the brain to create more ad bots. Yeah, I mean I'm of two minds at that because it is kind of invasive and evil, but. I, I like targeted ads, you know, like I, it makes me feel flattered that people know me that well, that they, they care to find out that much about me. But, um, I understand why people don't like it. Okay. I want to, I, I want to make sure that the, the whole zany stuff can get, uh, can, can be like an equal part to the just regular interview. So I'm going to get back to mm -hmm. that. Uh, okay. what exactly was your first role in like any position of TV or movie, like writer, actor, or anything? Oh, I'm sure, uh, I think I had some small, oh, you know what, I, I had some small parts on the UCB TV show, the sketch show, and then um, when Conan O'Brien was in New York, they used to do a lot of sketches, and that was kind of a, um, a lot of a, a lot of UCB people would get cast in those sketches, so my very first one, I think I played Abe Lincoln uh, on, uh, on Conan. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, sorry, playing a bit. Um, I know you've been in. Uh, I know you've been in Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine Nine, and The Good Place. I don't believe mm -hmm. you've been in The Office, though. No, I've never been on The Office. Okay, it, it's been a journey I've been trying to find through watching all four shows. I've I've been trying really hard to try to find an actor who's been on The Office, Brooklyn Nine Nine, Parks and Recreation, and The Good Place. Oh yeah, and uh, it it it's pretty hard. I mean, I think, I mean, if Andy Daly could only have appeared on Parks and Rec, which is something he probably would have been willing to do, it probably could have been solved. Uh, yeah, a lot I'm surprised people, he wasn't on that. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's a lot of people have been on all those shows, but uh, 
Yeah, you're right. I guess no, that's interesting, yeah. But what's, what's also interesting is that I actually just started watching The Good Place yesterday. I only know that Andy Daly was on it through the IMDb page. And I, I watched the first episode, like, the day before I'm doing this, and I spotted you in there as the boss. Ah. <laughs> so, it felt kind of strange, but uh, I, th- I think we all know that this Earth is kind of a simulation, so. Well, I was going to say, maybe it's a targeted ad. Yeah, I... You know? Um, yeah, the thing is, ads are, aren't usually good, and The Good Place is a good show, so. That's true. Well, there was one good ad or, uh, I got on Instagram of this ex-sumo wrestler who takes care of capybaras. I've, like, I've advertised in, like, four episodes now, but it's it's this account on Instagram called capybara underscore land underscore P-U-I P-U-I. Really, really wholesome stuff. He also has guinea pigs. Uh, and maybe that's an ad court product, but I don't care. It's wholesome. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. If it if it feels right, who cares if they're invading your privacy? Yeah, but a lot of AdCorp's products aren't very feel righty. They involve a lot of stuff that's just downright terrible. Um, last time we featured in, in like a couple episodes ago when AdCorp was a major theme, uh, we were interviewing this one lifeguard who literally didn't save someone, even though it all turned out to be staged. Oh, but did like somebody actually got hurt? No, no, no. This is all fictional stuff, but yeah. I mean, normally, normally on a fiction-based thing, I shouldn't say that, but I mean, right. That that it was more appropriate. Uh, and yeah. Uh, how did you? When did you get cast on The Good Place as that uh, minor character? Um, I don't know. Whenever they were making that pilot, um, Michael Schur, uh I think I might, I think, yeah, I don't know. He might, I was on this show called love and I, I think he might've, I, I, I knew, I knew, I know him just from kind of comedy stuff and around. And, uh, so that, yeah, that, that, that one I didn't have to audition for. I think they, he just asked me to come in and do that little, little part. Um, so that, yeah, that was the pilot, I guess. So whatever that show was made, I don't know. That was a while ago now, a couple years ago. Yeah, and and are, are do you like are you like close with Michael Schur? Is that how you got him like three of his shows, or did he just? No, I'm not close to him. I, I like him, and you know, I, I you know we say hello and chat and everything. But I um, I think he's just he's just one of those guys. He's a he's a he's a cool guy and knows what he likes. And I think it probably is less work for him when he thinks like, oh, Seth could do this. You know, it's like. It's it's one less part that he has to try to cast and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember when I was watching the episode, the first of the two episodes of Parks and Rec that you were in. I actually didn't recognize you in them, and I was actually surprised to see in the credits because it, it kind of was a little it broke typecasting there by right because your character was actually pretty hyper and stuff. Right, right, right. So yeah. But then when I saw it in the second episode that you were in, I, I, I could notice it was you. Uh, but Yeah. Yeah, I'm just wondering, what was with Parks and Recreation and how like a lot of the times like, so many of the characters were against the main character? Uh, what do you mean? That the fact that, that um, people are against Amy's character? Yeah, it's like, it's weird that it's, just like, it's, it's kind of like everyone is against her besides her friends. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that's 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 the the nature of uh, storytelling and drama. You need you need an antagonist to go with a protagonist, you know. And she's she's kind of like 
that character is is somebody who is a, a well-meaning screw up and is constantly you know gets gets uh dumped on by people so you know it's sort of like a like an emotional slapstick the more the more the the, the, the worse she's feeling the funnier it is in a way because it's because it, you're kind of identifying with that person and rooting for them at the same time yeah but I mean, earlier today i was actually looking on the villains wiki to try to see if they had pages for parks and recreation villains couldn't find any Ah, well, it's a wiki. You could add that. I mean, uh, it, it, it's not that easy. I'm sure someone's probably tried. Uh, I mean, I guess like, I mean, a lot of the villains you don't really see is exactly villains. Like Bobby Newport was antagonistic, but you just kind of feel bad for if you insult him because it's just right. And uh, and I mean, I guess they could probably do a page from Marshall Langman. I mean, that woman was very anger-inducing a lot of the times. Right, right. I honestly feel bad for the actors who played her for having to say some of that stuff, even for acting. <laughs> Interesting. That's fun. Who was that act? Do you remember who that I, was? I think it was Darlene Hunt was the name. Oh. Uh, and, and they also but, had that joke about how like she's really homophobic, yet her husband is a closeted gay man. <laughs> I don't remember that one, but that's funny. Yeah, uh, it had a lot of wacky characters, and uh, I, I know you can tell that uh, by my voice that I'm on the younger side. So the thing is, a lot of like the comedy work, a lot of the people, my friends and stuff, are only really familiar with that world through Big Mouth. So oh, okay, uh, yeah. So um, when do you remember when you got cast on Big Mouth? Uh, again, right away. I mean, that was I, I was. Um... I was a, a, in the writer's room at the first season of that as a, you know, they have the, they have the regular staff and then they'll have, they had people come in for a week or two at a time. Um, and so I was, I was part of that, that wave of that first uh, season. So, you know, right away. And again, I'm, I'm friends with Nick. So I think when that character came up, I'm guessing that he thought, Oh, this is perfect for Seth, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but I, I don't remember like where I was or anything when when I found out. Oh, uh, what is it? What is the voice acting like? Like the experience to voice act at, for Big. Oh, it's awesome. It's great. Like, it's, uh, is it in person or do they do it like? Well, well, I mean, in person, yes. But I mean, is it each person does it separately, or is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they'll they'll like they'll have like a um they'll have a table read. So they can see what, what the jokes sound like and they'll have as many people as it makes sense to have there um, of the actual actors that, that can show up. And so they can see if those jokes work and from that they'll do a final rewrite. And then when the world's not in COVID, COVID state, they, they rent out a um, sound studio, you know, for, for however many days they're going to do I don't know couple, two two to three days at a time, and they just schedule people. So like, you know, they'll 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 just I've I've been I only I have a small part, so I'm only ever in there for maybe a half hour at a time. But they'll let's say if it's uh, uh, Mulaney or something, they'll book out an hour or two and. If they can get the actors in together, like if 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 their schedules coincide, I'll do scenes with with uh, Jesse 
and um, her mom. Um, but a lot of times people's schedules don't work out. So you're, you're reading with um, one of the directors, or, uh, Jen Flackett and, and uh, Mark, her husband, who were some of the co-creators. And then, so you're in, you're in a booth and then it looks like a recording, you know, like a music recording booth. You're in a booth with a, a music uh, stand in front of you and headphones on, and you're looking through the glass at the people that that. Uh, so there, there'll be other writers in there, and usually whoever wrote the episode is in there because they can throw in their input. Um, but uh, since COVID, it's been either uh, it's been basically over. Like I'll go to a studio in Hollywood, and everybody else is in different parts of the country on zoom but we're you know we're talking to each other live so what was part of season how, how much of season four was done was produced virtually uh i think all of it mm, okay i mean yeah i think all of it i would have assumed that they'd like get started read the release of season three though uh i guess i'm wrong uh yeah i know i get confused because we record we record the next season I mean, close to a year ahead of time. So I, I lose track of what I recorded and where, you know, when that comes out. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm wondering, like, what, what it's going to, if Big Mouth is ever going to tackle the COVID crisis. I mean, I think a lot of shows might do that, like, to, to like, e even afterwards, they can still be a relic of that time. Right. And well, one of the things I like about Big Mouth is that it feels like this kind of amorphous time where, I mean, they have cell phones and everything, but it also feels like it's, uh, you know, I think that's why so many different people identify with it because it's, they could be, they could be um, middle schoolers in the 80s, 90s now. I mean, it's, it's pretty open-ended, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess like, would that be what a floating timeline is? No, I guess a floating timeline is not aging. The characters did just age in the new season, right? And, and, and it's kind of it was kind of weird seeing that they only went up one grade. It kind of felt like it, it, it never really came to me that throughout the three years we spent watching the first three seasons, they were all just it was all in the span of one school year. Well, yeah, that's like The Simpsons, though. I mean, they Bart Bart's been in in fourth grade for thirty years. Yeah, uh, and. I think there was even one like chalkboard gag, which is like I should not be like twenty one or something by now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've actually created a fan theory about it, and it's that Springfield is actually a cursed city that that uh, stops its residents from aging. Ooh. And because I, there, it has shown that uh, that um one of Cletus's daughters, like I think she was a major character, like she had like moved to New York and aged up and it's also been shown that like some of Apu's octuplets have also aged up a bit and that can be from like them making visits to India. So my, my belief is that in Springfield, Springfield is just a place that halts aging. And, and like it just all, all the aging occurs from people who, from when the characters were in other locations. I mean, the thing is, like, they, they once did this episode where they said Ned Flanders was 60. It's a plot hole. But if, if he was 60 when the show started, that would make him about 
about the same age as Martin Luther King Jr. So there's some kind of inconsistencies there. And yeah. Um, and we are back after a whole week due to some connection issues. We had to do the second half a week later. Um, so uh, just Seth, I remember uh, right before you, right before you cut out. Uh-huh. Uh, I had told you about my my theory about how Springfield is in The Simpsons. It's a it's you can't age there. Oh. And how like one of Cletus's kids was like became like grew up in New York, and like we see in some of Apu's octuplets age possibly because they're in India. What do you think of that fan theory? It's not. It's one I made up. I actually like that. I don't, I think that could be true. I, I didn't know. I didn't know that about the the people raised outside of Springfield, but yeah. And then I was gonna say, did we ever see the grandpa young? But we did, right? Um, I think we have a couple times, but like. Yeah, but we don't know that he was in Springfield actually when he was young. Yeah, but uh, we need to get to our next guest here. Uh, he works for Google, and he created the channel WebDriver Corso. Please welcome Tommaso Bergeroni. How's it going? Hey, I'm. Omas Bergeroni. You don't remember? You don't remember the O at the end of your name? Oh yeah, no, sorry. It's uh, it's silent, you know. Yeah. So, g- give us a rundown of what you do. Oh, uh, we also hey, have hey crazy. Guys. We also have crazy frog here, but uh, Tommaso Bergeroni, give us a rundown of what you do. Um. Well, I work for AdCorp and like- for Google. Oh, okay. Hey guys, um, trying out a new filter. Ah, uh, okay. Pretty cool. Let our guest, let our second guest speak. Yeah, come on, man. Uh, oh, bad. Secretly work for AdCorp with Google, but Google doesn't know I work for AdCorp. And um, uh, yeah, pretty much it. Well, Seth, it, it, we did discuss this last time, but if you don't remember. Uh, AdCorp is an evil company run by Crazy Frog, who's here. And oh, I, I'm, I didn't realize it was run by Crazy Frog. Yeah, yeah, no, I remember. Do you remember Crazy Frog? No, I remember you telling me about AdCorp. Yeah, but do you remember Crazy Frog? No, I don't. You don't remember that one, like, they, they took that song from the Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack, and, like, they, they sped it up and added, a like, a bing, bing? You don't remember that? I don't. Yeah, it, it, it was a big deal. Uh, the, the artist makes other cover songs, and its version of We Are the Champions has more views on YouTube than the Queen version. I'm not even kidding. What? Yes. As Crazy Frog, I'm just going to say you're kind of out of the loop, buddy. Jeez. Don't know I'm out of the loop. Don't start with Crazy Frog. Don't start with me, dude. Hey, I'm, I'm the boss of AdCorp, okay? I don't I'm give out, a shit. my songs. Jeez. I'm, I'm off not, the grid, dude. I'll, I'll, I play I'll by my own rules. I'll get cookies to follow you. Just you wait. I'll get I'll get cookies on you. I'll eat your cookies. But get some milk to follow me too. Hey, uh, uh, crazy frog. I need to ask something. Yeah. What What's up with your voice? Oh, I'm uh, I'm just trying something out. You know, it's like a new voice modifier thing from AdCorp. So it's like an artificial larynx. Yeah, something like that. Don't want to go into the details yet. It's not out yet. It's in its uh, you know. It's a prototype, it's yeah. Prototype phase. You know, we're just testing it. But you know, once it's out, I'll I'll let you know more about it. A lot more about it. 
Well, uh, Tommaso Bergeroni, can you give us an insight into what your current... What, what, you created the YouTube channel Web Driver Torso, which outside of the whole fictional aspect about this, it was it is a real channel with like about 600,000 videos that was like a test channel created by Google, or so it seems. Uh, yeah. What's the real situation, Tommaso? Oh, uh, no, it's totally just a YouTube channel started by Google. Really? Yeah, totally. Don't even worry about it. Wait, I, can I ask Tommaso a question? Yes. Yeah. Who, who are you secretly working for? Are you uh, working for AdCorp and Google doesn't know it, or are you working for Google and AdCorp doesn't know it? I'm working for AdCorp and Google doesn't know it. Yeah, that's okay. the right answer. That's the mm-hmm. correct answer. But aren't you worried that be, the, with the popularity of this podcast, they're going to find out? Uh, well, my real name isn't Tommaso Bergeroni, so, uh, you know, I'm not that worried. What is your, what is your real name? Well, I can't. I can't divulge that. Otherwise, just be cool. Come on. Nah. Come on, dude. Nah, I'm good. What if we guess it? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's I could guess it. Sure. Okay. What if it's Bamaso Churgeroni? It's not. Um. I'm out of guess. Is it close though? Oh, is it Tom Bergeron, and you changed it to the Italian version, not to be confused with the other Tom Bergeron? Shit! How did you know? Aha! Uh-huh. Kind of pretty obvious. That was easy. Yeah, it was too easy. I have to find a better name now. We gotta find Seriously. another second job. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but uh, I, I I know that the Web Driver Torso channel hasn't been active in over a year. Uh, it's it's kind of what we miss most about the pandemic. I mean, all of those videos of just red and blue squares popping all over the place with beeping sounds that are really unpleasant. It's just I miss that. What what are you gonna do in, in the direction of the for, for the future of the Web Driver Torso channel? I'm thinking change it up a little. Maybe do purple and pink squares. Well, you know? that, yeah. that's not what you told me. You never me. know. You told me you had something much more crazy going on. Oh, oh. I don't know. Should I, should I say that on the podcast? Yes. That's the point. I, okay. I think you should. All you right. Know, if I, uh, if yeah. I, my voice counts. But. Uh, so I'm working with George Gershwin's Ghost on a Broadway musical that stars the two squares in the videos that I post. Well, I don't think it was the two squares. They're not playing themselves. I know the red one is played by James Corden. Uh, what you should know is that how they actually managed to get James Corden is that he's actually an ad corp creation. Mm-hmm. If you're wondering why, he's just in so many stuff because he's an ad bot that, that ad corp total recalled into a bunch of things to make us think he's been around for a while. So, pretty much. So, yeah, yeah. J- the real James Corden is locked in the basement of Ad Corp. His name isn't James Corden. It's something else. I forgot. I think it was like it was like Bill something. Uh, and he is actually American. They just added some features onto him to make him seem different. Hmm. Um. No, no. We we don't have. I don't think. Do you have someone cast for the blue square yet, Tommaso? Um. Not sure. I don't think so. Um, Seth, do you have any ideas? Oh on wait. No. Oh. Oh wait. No. Sorry. No wait. James Corden is the. Oh no. James Corden is the red square. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Seth, do you have any ideas on who should play the blue square? Uh, what about um, what about Kevin Farley, Chris Farley's brother? Uh, how good is he? The singer. I remember seeing him on Drunk. He's not good. He's not good at all. Uh, well, uh, maybe we should consider. I just think he's available. Yeah, I also question the, the casting of James Corden as a square because he's he's perfectly round as he is. He's like almost 
a perfect sphere. Well, yeah, it, I don't know. It's irony. But maybe he's that good an actor, actually. Exactly. That's what he is. Uh, yeah. And uh, can, can you tell us what, what happens in this musical, Tommaso? Oh, well, um, they, they, you know, they're working on their videos, squares, as squares. And um, then Disney buys BBC. Uh, and so they become the intellectual property of uh, Disney. And then they steal Walt, Walt Disney. His, they steal his frozen head, which is obviously frozen because, you know, why wouldn't it be? And they use it to promote AdCorp, and they kill everyone who doesn't support AdCorp. So yeah. Wait, wait. Are you referring to in the in the musical, in real life, or both? Both. It will happen. It's 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 cool because it's happening in the musical you're watching and in real life. So when you come out of like the the theater, you'll be dead if you don't support AdCorp. Um. You'll be like, wow, the the musical was real. Wait. So are you gonna get? Is the whole Walt Disney froze his head thing? Is that real? Are you getting his real head? Yeah, it was it was frozen, so you know it needs to be got. If if it if it was frozen, it would be like deep down in the vaults of like it with the ice. It would be like in an iceberg void. Well, actually, you know, there's a little known fact that the um in Frozen Two, yeah, he's actually in the ice. His his head, it's like in the corner. Yeah, of one of the one of the, like the little scenes and so what their plan is you know the two squares they're going to go into frozen 2 extract walt disney's head from the scene and take it back into real life okay well uh i i know that since google was involved i'd assume like are are, are, are like the ceos of google going to be in the play or in the musical whatever um i mean not really no uh well who else is going to be in there uh well you know James Corden, well, Crazy Frog is gonna play a special guest. Well, and, uh, yeah. Well, wait, wait, Crazy Frog just can't go out there. I think he needs to go incognito. Oh, he's well, gonna be with incognito. this voice modifier, you know. Plus, yeah, the voice modifier. Yeah. he'll be incognito. No one is Crazy Frog. He does not resemble another, a human being. Another thing in the musical, you have to watch out because it's your job to figure out which actor is Crazy Frog in disguise. Okay, yeah, then never interactive, huh? Well, who's going to play the BBC anchor that reports on the channel? Um, I'm going to assume you don't know yet? No, I know who it is. It'll be LeBron James. Don't worry. That, that's clearly a lie. Uh, Seth, do you have any idea on who, who you think should play the BBC anchors? Did in you the just say game? LeBron James because you heard BBC? What? I bet that's why you said it. I bet that's <laughs> no, why I was you thinking said of basketball. it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I bet that's why you said it. Seth, who do you think should play the BBC anchor that reported on the channel? Well, I think maybe the, it might be too soon, but maybe the ghost of Kobe. Um, okay. Yeah, because like isn't there a ghost producing this? Well, yeah. True. Because uh, he, he goes, the, uh, you know. Because then, then you get the ghost market also. True. Oh, you're right. Because there's a little lot of ghosts. Oh, oh is George Gershwin's ghost going to play any characters in this? Um, No. Well, why not? I mean, it's just. I mean, okay, he, fine. All right. You know what? You know what? Just because you asked, I'll put him in as an extra, and you'll have to look for him. Well, I mean, Lin Manuel Miranda produced his musical, and he's also the star of it. Well, why, why can't George Gershwin play one of the squares instead of James freaking Corden? Because we already have 
most of the square most most of the squares cast. No, I don't think we have the squares cast. I think we still need to reach out to Kevin Farley about that. No, we totally do. It's um it's James Corden and uh William Buckskins. Oh, you told me that, that the other one wasn't cast yet. Well, we just cast him. Um, who is William Buckskins exactly? I don't know. William Buckskins. That's all I can that's all I can say. I'm, I'm, uh, Seth, do you know who that is? Yeah, you know you. Wait, you, you, wait. I, I thought that was just like George Gershwin under a pseudonym. William Buckskins? No. Oh, is he like related to Sir Willop Sprightslymore? What? That, that's a pseudonym that... David Cross uses sometimes. Uh, so, no, so... I wouldn't know about that, but I know the other guy is real. Wait, okay, okay, what what is Willem Buckskin's been in? What has he been in? Yeah. I I don't know, I mean, I just, I know he has, uh, he just, I just know, I see him at coffee at the, um, at the coffee bean and tea leaf in, uh, in Barstow. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I know him from. You're asking if it's a real person. So I didn't, I didn't know that it was a performer also. Ah. I'm pretty sure it's just George, George Gershwin, but I mean, uh, you know, I don't disagree. But uh, Tom Tommaso Bergeroni, uh, may, what if uh, I, I know uh, Seth here is part of the whole comedy world, and the the, the current comedy world has sort of connections to the uh, modern like musical world. Why, why don't you get his help in listing uh, comedic people that also do musicals? Uh, well, they would have to be, you know, ad corp employees, but sure. Uh, okay, so like, who of these are ad corp employees? Is Andrew Rannells an ad corp employee? Yes. Really? Yeah. Uh, Seth, I know you've worked with him on Big Mouth. Do you know if that's true? Do I know if he's an ad, ad corp? Yeah. First, uh, employee? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he can't shut up about it. Really? He's, just he's, always, he's always pushing it on the, it's like a pyramid scheme, because if he gets two more people involved, then he gets, I don't know what he gets, this, this other guy would know, but he gets, he gets some sort of he gets prize, he gets his freedom, yeah. yeah. It's the only way, yeah, okay. it's the only way to sort of like, it's like when you make a deal with the devil, the only way to get your soul back is give two souls. Okay, so, so we know that Andrew Reynolds is part of AdCorp, what about uh, David Diggs, is he part of AdCorp? No. Okay. Uh, wait. So so wait. Is Andrew Reynolds was he high, was he like recruited by AdCorp or is he like James Corden and he's a creation of AdCorp? Could you repeat the question? Is Andrew Reynolds like James Corden? Is he a creation of AdCorp or is he was he hired by AdCorp but used to have a soul? Well, he was hired by AdCorp and then made into who he is now. Okay. Well, I mean, he's definitely not as annoying or in everything as. James Corden. I never had a problem with him, so. Mm -hmm. uh, guess you didn't do wrong there. Uh, uh, okay. Um, who else? Uh, who's the other? Is Josh Gad part of AdCorp? Uh, you know, he, he dabbles in it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, you, you could probably get uh him and Andrew Rannells to be in this, right? True. I mean, we have them already playing. You know, extras. You, 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 you get the trained Broadway stars to play extras in a Broadway musical. Yeah. L like, That's you, how exclusive it is. You, you, just uh -huh. want, 
you you want to like make that's like you want to like direct a movie with like some nobodies and right in the background you see Jack Nicholson hey, there. Hey, hey, George, George, James Corden is not a nobody. Well, I mean, besides him. Besides uh, him, LeBron James or the ghost of Kobe, you know. I mean, they're all they're not nobodies. Um. Oh. oh okay. Um. Do you think? Are you going to give Kevin Farley an extra role now that we've already talked about him being in it? But apparently, his character already has an actor. No, I want to give him another extra extra role. What is that? You couldn't have as many extras as possible. Yes, but if one person was all the extras, people would know. Um. But that could be your hook. Uh, yeah. Why don't you do? Yeah, that? we have to fire like a hundred extras. Seems like too much work. I'm just going to assume a lot of these extras are ad corp ad bots that they created. No, they're all, you know, fully successful millionaires from Broadway. Millionaires from Broadway? Yeah, that's just how cool this uh, show is going to be. Okay. Wait, is George, would George Gershwin be a millionaire from Broadway? I mean, I guess he did dabble in Broadway. I never really saw him as much of a Broadway composer, but... Uh, I assume, like he probably, he was probably rich enough to have millions of dollars in today's dollars. True. Uh, yep. But I always associate. I don't. Why is he on Broadway? He really did. I mean, he was a standards and classical music kind of guy. I guess he did well, operas more than he did Broadway shows. I mean, he spent his whole life doing that. You know, he died. He wanted to switch it up a little. Okay. Um. Does he play any of his music in it? Like. In the background, like a band. Well, yeah, the that's opera. what the whole uh, soundtrack is. Okay, so do we get to hear Rhapsody in Blue? Yep. Okay, uh, have you ever listened to Rhapsody in Blue, Tommaso Bergeroni? Nope, that's why it's going to be a surprise for even me. Uh, uh, okay, um, you, you're just. Okay, how do we know this is really the ghost of George Gershwin if he's just. I don't know, man, he looks like George Gershwin, he talks like him. How do you know anybody is anybody, right? You got to trust that they. Look enough like them and talk enough like them for them to be them. Do you have, do we actually know what he sounds like? I mean, he was definitely around for the recording, but I'm, era, but I'm sure he would have sounded really pixelated. Well, no, that's yeah. like really. Yeah, I know. Like. I know what he sounds like. Of course, I do. Uh, another classical composer, uh, Pyotr Ilyich Tchaikovsky. There's actually a clip of him, his voice. He, it's actually pretty high pitched. Uh, it is very hard to understand. Wow. Sounds Could like you do an impression of it? What does it sound like? Um, impression yeah. of Tchaikovsky? Well, I, I guess it would be like... Like something like that. That's not very high-pitched. Very old mumble rap. Sounds like he's being kidnapped. Yeah, it sounds like a car exhaust. Very old mumble rap. They're actually this duo called Frank and Maury, who are like actually... like One's in their 70s and the other's in their 90s, and they make mumble rap. Oh, I love rap. those dudes. I'm not even making that up. It's real. You can find this stuff on. No, I, I know it's real. I've heard them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also noticed a recording of President Benjamin Harrison, who was the first president whose voice was ever recorded. I'm going to try to do an impression of that. That's the same voice. Yeah, that's just the car exhaust and all the different voices, man. Come on. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, I don't know. Uh, does Ira Gershwin's ghost have anything in any involvement in this? I know he was also. His brother. No. Uh, okay, you're just going to throw Ira under the bus? What the hell's wrong with you, man? 
I, I just felt like it, you know, I didn't wake up in a very good uh, mood that morning. I mean, you are threatening, pe like, you are, like, going to use a frozen head to murder a bunch of people for not supporting your, like, your company and all, but that, and, and that's pretty bad, but I mean, not hiring Ira Gershwin with his brother, that's just, that's just cold, man. Yep. I just, I didn't get my coffee that morning. You didn't get your coffee, so, well, uh... Yeah, man. Broadway, you know, you don't get second chances on Broadway, man. Well, I mean, are you an experienced director? You just made some videos that were tests to try to brainwash people in the past. And it's not uh, even active. You just sound salty because you're not as successful as me. Uh, I'm a billionaire fine. with a cool-ass name. And who are you, man? Wait, ha you're a billionaire? Ha how much How much is I'm that? I'm a millionaire. Millionaire. Oh. Well, but I mean, after this show, after this show, you know, there's a chance I could be a millionaire. Then I go buy Google. Well, um, I mean, when is AdCorp gonna? Do you think you you guys are gonna buy Disney at some point? I mean, AdCorp is evil and all, but I'd love to see Disney finally be the ones being bought. Well, I mean, Disney bought AdCorp, you know. Wait, they did? You're already notable enough. Like, this is clearly a, like a massive, like the biggest Ponzi scheme ever, and they're already buying you. Well, yeah, I mean, like, look at them, man. All they do is advertise their stuff. Okay. Don't they want someone good at advertising to advertise their stuff. Oh, 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 okay. Well, um, do do can you get us like tickets to this musical? Um, I guess I can say. Do I have to mean it when I support AdCorp? Yeah, and you also have to like love George Gershwin. Um, I do love George Gershwin. That's the thing. He he makes really great music. Big fan. Uh. Okay. But well, uh, you also have to love AdCorp and Disney. Um, because Disney is a AdCorp is a part of Disney. Well, I mean, Disney is an evil company, but like they make a lot of good content. Can I can that count? Do you love them? Yes or no? I love their movies. And Didn't so, answer the question, right? Damn it! Um, maybe I don't need to see this. It's probably gonna suck anyways. I mean, it just goes from like red and blue squares moving all over the place to frigging world domination with. Walt Disney's frozen head. Yeah, but you're missing the part where James Corden is a square. Okay, well, Seth, I want. Can you tell me? Do you think you're gonna want to get tickets to this? No, I'm not a musical guy, but I'm yeah. not. You know, I, I I may not be the best uh, person for that for to decide, but because I I, I'm, I I don't like musicals. Mm. But um, you know, I also. I gotta tell you, I won't support any ad corp stuff. I think this this guy and I are being you know amicable now, but I consider him an enemy. Oh, oh yeah. I, I mean, like, well, I, I have these ad corp people on, and like, they're so evil. Sometimes I can't even be amicable with them, and I mean, I, I have to be amicable with everyone. You have to be what? Oh, amicable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's one of those words that if you say it too many times in a sentence, it starts to lose syllables. I heard it's a made up word. Really? Um, I, I, yeah. I, I, I know from my Latin classes that it comes from amicus, which refers to, like, friendly or friend. I forget if it's a noun or adjective. Uh, that whole, like, any, like, ami is a root for, like, friends. So, but, I mean, uh, the, the thing is, um, the, the person whose voice, who, who's, like, in the artificial larynx is L. Ron Travolta. He's actually the CEO of this place. Crazy Frog is just the boss of this, this faction of it. Uh, 
Wait a minute. So the the real person behind it is Elron Travolta. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, and currently the artificial larynx Crazy Frog is using is since it's brand new. Like it, it's soon to have literally every voice ever made, including yours, including mine. Uh, but right now only has Elron Travolta as the CEO, which is why he sounds different. Oh, I get it. And, 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 and for and for the what what this is actually a this is actually a symbol for how the guy who usually plays Crazy Frog isn't available, and the guy who's doing it now is isn't the usual person to play it. And he actually plays Elron Travolta. Uh, I only I, sometimes I just have to break the fourth wall for understanding. Okay, I have no idea what's going on. So yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, t- uh, hey, Crazy Frog, I haven't really gotten a chance to say anything recently. Crazy Frog, are you actually even here? Yeah, I am. I'm right here. We can Hello? barely, we can barely hear you. Oh. Oh, n- n- now, you should yell. now you're better. I should yell? No, yes, no, yell. no, 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 we, you're, you're, you're good now. All you're right. Good now. You're good now. I guess now. I should. <gasps> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, okay, Crazy, Crazy Frog, um, how much involvement do you have in this musical? What do you mean? In this musical? Well, you know, I really left it up to... My dear friend here, that's been telling you a lot about it. Um, I personally, you know, I don't have much involvement. Of course, I am in the show. So I have been working pretty hard. Okay, I've been working my butt off. I'm pretty excited for the show. You know, the whole cast is very pumped. There's been a lot of drama leading up to it, you know. You can ask anybody in the cast. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be a great show and... I recommend everyone goes to it. Yeah, um, uh, I think you're you're the only, you and Tommaso are here are the only people here that are interested in that. We're also well, the only people here who have an IQ over 130. Yeah, I'm actually crazy frog, so you know that my opinion is the only one that matters. Oh damn! But uh, you know, whatever, it's fine. Well, I mean, that might actually be true, considering how eventually AdCorp is going to take over the world, and and his opinion will literally be the only one that matters. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. That, uh, you know, keep your eyes on the prize is what I always say. Well, uh, cr- Crazy Frog, um, I just want to know, is, is there going to be any new Crazy Frog songs in the soundtrack? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? I'm not gonna just tell you, okay? Well, well you, you'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe I've been dropping clues on Twitter. Maybe I haven't. Well, I know. I know. You, I won't tell. I know your songs are like re, like new versions, like cover versions of Bing Bing and stuff. And I want to know: Could you do like a Crazy Frog version of Forced Gender Reassignment by Cattle Decapitation? What? Um, whoa, you- whoa, whoa! Right here on this podcast. No, 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 I mean recording. You have to do a recording session and find the one that works. I mean, mm-hmm. it, we you don't do you don't do improvised recordings. Yeah. But but can you can you uh, later record a Crazy Frog version of forced gen, gender reassignment by ca- cattle decapitation? Listen, I'm a busy man, okay, and as I have told the press many times, I have tried to move away from my music career. Okay, I don't want people to just know me as that frog, you know, that musical frog. I'm actually good at a lot more, like sports spectating and um, 
being the creative director of Polaroid, but that wasn't oh. long-lived. Fortunately, Lady Gaga took it. Yeah. But, you know, I'm. I think I'm pretty. You know, I I might do it if I feel like it, but I'm trying to move away from music right now. It's more of a hobby for me these days. Well, so. uh, Seth, do you have any uh, recommendations for Crazy Frog for songs Crazy Frog should cover? For songs Crazy Frog should cover? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think which voice he would be using. Um, how about um, how about uh, We Are Young by Fun? That's a good one, yeah. Maybe uh, I'll do it in my spare time, you know. But as I said, I'm trying to. I mean, it doesn't sound like you have a ton going on. I am actually, you know, running a business here, so I have a lot of um, business running to do. Wait, wait, mm. fun! Isn't that the band? Like, isn't John? Isn't that like John Mulaney's band or something? I don't know. I don't think that's. Don't think that's right. John Mulaney and the lead singer of Fun do look kind of alike, though. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Uh, and yeah. So I mean, uh, I think we've gotten through everything we need to talk about. Is there anything else any of you need to say? Uh, I th I feel like I've gotten it off my chest. I'm good. Yeah. Um. It looks like uh our half hour is up, and uh, we're we're ready to finish this. Um. Th thank you so much, Seth. Like I cannot stress enough. Thank you so much for doing this a week later. I mean, a lot of people probably wouldn't have done that. So thank you so much for that. Uh, you bet. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess thanks to Tommaso Bergeroni and Crazy Frog, whatever. Um, Tommaso. Uh, you're welcome. Tommaso, you're welcome. now Anytime. that we've now that we've figured out Tommaso's real name, what are you going to change it to? You'll see in the next episode. Um, I don't think we ever discussed you being in the next episode, but okay, maybe I can have you on. Oh my gosh, this diva. Well, he's just like this on set too. <laughs> well, thanks to Seth Morris, thanks to Tommaso Bergeroni, and thanks to Crazy Frog. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys.